0: Listen, I can barely tie a shoe, let alone figure out this thing. This is episode, episode 6. they They're Oh, they're out of order, So it's episode 01? Alright, welcome to episode 1 of Creative Writing. I'm your host, Thurston Fairbanks, or as my friends call me, Thirsty. What? Today we're going to talk about hat guy, Brown seats. And Dillagaff. What's Dillagaff? I don't know, Dillagaff? Do a wheelie. Well, what do you know? It wheelied. I'd like this episode to take off with a wheelie, that's for sure. This is your producer. And sometime host of Creative Writing. Welcome to the inaugural episode. The world's most horrible episode. And stick with it. This is a drop from the future, and I've listened to it, and it's pretty bad. But just hang in there. I was working out some bugs and figuring out how to record and do everything else, so bear with me, would you? In the future, I hope to bring you some episodes that interview people that are in the industry artists, writers, builders, craftspeople, so on and so forth, people that are really creative and that are into the motorcycling scene. And that's why I called this show Creative Riding. Motorcycles is what we have in common, but there's some really creative people out there that ride them. And one day I'd like to get them on the show. But until then, episodes one and two are a little bit mismatched and recorded out of order. So just uh, bear with me while I work out my technical bugs, and I swear it'll get better. All right. Thank you. And enjoy your first episode for free turns out it would wheelie. So I'd like to start the show with some updates about stuff that's happened this year, but first I'd like to give you my sob story of the week. Let's cue the cheesy piano music. So this week's sob story starts out with me saying sob story instead of sob story. I'm welding my kz 550 tank on my lunch break and i only have a few minutes and that includes getting everything ready and prepped doing a couple test welds and then getting everything put back and back to lunch and get my ass back to work so i intentionally sought a giant hole in the side of this thing you know i'll tell you about that later but i'm welding a patch over it with my incredibly shitty harbor freight welder and everything's going great. The next day I go out to finish it to actually do the welds and I guess when I reach down I hit the settings and there's only two settings on a shit Harbor Freight flux core welder so I bump both of them with my hand. I start blowing holes left and right in the tank. I start chasing down the welds, and, and it's blowing more holes, and I fill those and get a little chase, and and basically this thing looks like a hacked up monster from the nightmare before Christmas. And I finally it out, hey jackass, you bumped the settings. I set everything back. Everything's going great now. But now I need to go back and re-weld all the chases of the chases and the blown holes here and there, and... Even a pinhole can light me on fire. So, yeah, that happened. All right, so that's a great story. Now let's move on with the rest of the show. So, let's talk Isla Man. People love the Isla Man for some obvious reasons, but there's also some not so obvious reasons. And one of those is the SES TT0. I believe they used to call it a TTX GP or something like that, but I was dumbfounded this year when victory who recently bought out bramo showed up with two rebadged impulses and made a run around the island coming in third and fourth respectively guy martin who you can't even understand but who's a really awesome road racer took fourth and victory i'm really have my eye on them they've been on my radar this whole year because a month later they raced the project 156 in the race of the clouds up pike's peak with don Canet at the helm and I'm really glad to see Victory branching out. They've got some established cruisers, and they have the hideously ugly motorhome on wheels called the Victory Vision, and I'm just excited to see them getting into some bikes that I would actually buy. Some 165 horsepower electric bikes and a kick-ass looking power cruiser. It almost looks like a, a V-Max on steroids, and it's similar to the Ronin that ran. I mean, these look like, the old school Boulder ore bikes, and I just love the way they look, and I'm so glad to see Victory going in this direction, and I hope they stay on that course. And speaking of cruisers and power cruisers and all things cruiserific, Sturgis this year, everyone knows that there's a biker rally where you go and you you get drunk and you see lots of scantily clad women, but they also have a hill climb, and they have this bitchin' supermoto that goes right through downtown. And they have Vintage Flat Track and Hooligan Harley Flat Track. I follow some of the guys from SoCal here that I've seen race called the Rusty Butchers. I follow them on Instagram, and I was looking at some of their pictures from Sturgis, and it looked like a blast. So Sturgis, not just for fat old guys on Harleys. And in other news, BMW has released a G310 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's not far away from America. Come on, guys, bring it here. I'm glad to see BMW finally jumping into the 300- market. You have every other manufacturer making a bitchin' 300cc or even less motorcycle. And, you know, this is engineered by Germans. It's going to be built in India and distributed first in Brazil. So go figure. But I I really hope it comes to the States or at least Europe. And speaking of 300cc motorcycles, if you're the proud owner of a 2015 model year Yamaha R3, there's a safety recall on the Nitsa website The upper triple clamp can crack or break while riding. That's no good, and it reminds me of the story of one of my childhood neighbors. When I was just a kid, my neighbor had a mongoose, and his gooseneck cracked on that thing going off a dirt jump. And let me tell you, the head tube went right up into his balls. You don't want that to happen on your Yamaha R3 now, do you? Don't jump your Yamaha R3. Now I want to get back to the G310 because you can jump those from what I've seen. I want to flesh this out a little bit because I had to do a little bit of research. Now I had to look this up because I did the X Country for work. And they had the X Challenge and another one that I can't remember. And they were all 650s. So even their, quote, dirt bike and off-road bikes were 650s. I don't think they've had a sub-400cc motorcycle since probably the 1930s. Hell, even their scooters are 600cc. So that was me ranting to myself or thinking out loud because I, I had looked back at all the bikes that I've, looked, I've worked with for BMW, and, yeah, none sub-650 that I could find, even the, the car bikes, everything. I meant Dakar. It's about time they get into this smaller displacement market almost Every other manufacturer has done it. It's a really brilliant but probably uncomfortable step for BMW to take to release a 300 instead of another adventure bike. You got to think though. Kawasaki Ninja 300, KTM RC390 and 390 Duke, Yamaha R3, the Honda CBR250 and 300. Everybody's done it, and small bikes are amazing. I, ha- I have a 250, and I want to rant about it real quick. I'm just going to tell you why it's so awesome having a small bike. So like I said, I own a 250, and I live in the L.A. area, and it is a necessity up here to split lanes, whether it's for traffic reasons or for overheating reasons. And you'll see a lot of ADV bikes and a lot of big baggers up here, and they have no problem splitting lanes on the interstate. But you go onto the city streets or even some of the smaller highways, things like that, and hey, my bike gets 82-ish miles to the gallon. B, it's the width of a mountain bike. I can fit anywhere. So I think this move on BMW's part is excellent. Rant over. So yes, bravo, BMW. Good move. Last thing I want to bring up is uh, talking and self-driving vehicles. Do yourself a favor. There are two chaps on a podcast called Front and Chatter, and they were just talking about it on the last episode I listened to. Um, black box or control box and my wife and I had talked about this before my wife hates driving in traffic and I hate when she's the passenger in traffic because either way there's a lot of complaining and a lot of traffic and I told her hey one day you'll be able to just fall asleep and your car will drive you one day soon and we brought this up at my work, and there was a big discussion about it, but it didn't really pertain to me doing motorcycles, and I always thought motorcycles would be the ghost in the machine, and people would just run us over in their smart cars because we couldn't communicate with them. But now that's changing, and there are some very large OEMs that are stepping into this arena, and I'll talk about it in a later Ish episode Because it's really a big issue And it's more involved than just a quick blurb So we'll get into that later Right now I'd like to get into The first segment of this episode Which I'm calling At Gat At what? At Gat, you asshole Yes, At Gat Alright, we can cut the music, dude So unless you're from Florida, or somewhere that doesn't recognize Daylight Savings Time, Arizona, then you probably know what ATGAT is. It means all the gear, all the time. I think in Florida they actually have an acronym MGM, which stands for no gear. Meh. Alright, I've recorded this about 73 times because I don't want to come off too preachy. As motorcyclists, we all make risk assessments. We're out there with 3,000-pound cars every day, squeezing in between them, riding next to them. We know the risks that we're taking being out on the road with millions of other people. Even being in your car is not really that safe. And as motorcyclists, we, we love the freedom. And sometimes gear can be a choice of freedom. So I decided to re-record this and not be preachy about riding gear and wearing it. My personal opinion is that, yes, I wear gear all the time based on my experiences. Hell, I crash enough that I should be now, wearing it all I the time. No, I said here that I wasn't going to be preachy, <laughs> but I started to ramble even on. Even though it and gets I hot as hell here, things that I kind of preachy to be sweating if I know it means so it, I'm not going to end up with spare you skin graft and or something the details. And isn't that funny how people say not to be an asshole, and but I've seen then they go on to be an asshole? Videos, well, not to preach, blogs, but to preach a lot. I've done enough homework to know that I want to wear gear all the time. But I realized that in other parts of the country where it's really hot or really cold and you love riding naked in the cold, wearing gear, it's a choice you make for yourself. We're all big, grown-up people, and we know what we're getting into when we step on that bike. So I don't step on my bike. If you're going to be riding and you're going to be falling, it's wise to be covered up. And having said that, I don't know how well i would hold up in the gear that i have i recently read an article that a woman had posted on her blog after falling in a pretty low speed crash in some pretty cheap but name brand gear she was in a ballistic jacket and she had adb pants on adventure style gear all around and she fell and she got some severe burns Hey, you got some of that sweet CE armor in your pants or in your jacket? And make sure that stuff is crash worthy. You know, some of that foam stuff, that ain't going to help you if you fall down. It's like a car. They only crash test cars at 40 miles an hour. What do you ride at? Like 60, 80? The ballistic material and Kevlar found in most pants and riding jackets, that's not made for impact whatsoever. It's basically just there to prevent your skin from getting burned off. But even in race leathers, you can get burned. You know, you're sliding along the ground at 100 miles an hour in full leathers. Leather's going to get hot. It's a skin. It's funny that you're protecting yourself by wearing two pairs of skin. Yours and someone else's. Most likely a cow's. I heard those possum skin race suits aren't selling that well. At least not outside Arkansas. So, brand name or cheapy, you're probably still going to get burned, you could still break a bone, but at least you're going to have your skin. And if you're just in a t-shirt and shorts, you're definitely going to need a skin graft when you get done with your hospital stay. And that brings me to another point, which is boots. Your feet are one of those areas that a lot of people don't pay attention to, even more so than gloves. A lot of people will ride in flip-flops if they're in Florida or Hawaii. But even in other places, you see a lot of bands, you see a lot of work boots, you see a lot of really subpar shoes. A lot of people have vlogs nowadays, and I was watching the one where this kid that was riding in some boots that I had considered getting, and I had done my research on it. I watched RevZilla. Anthony let me watch Decide and Ride. But I ended up not getting these boots because this kid had a pretty low speed tip over on some rocks and his ankle bones ended coming out the skin. And I thought, man, if he did that just falling over, imagine what's going to happen if a car runs into him or if he lays it down and slides under something or clipped a bumper of an old Ford pickup with like a rusty trailer hitch hanging off it you know and it's something like that you just you never know what you're going to get but your foot is a pretty mechanical piece of body work it's a lot of little bones down there thin skin I mean it hurts to stub your toe I couldn't imagine putting that in something you know like a regular skateboard shoe or something like that so I ended up not getting these boots they looked really cool they were actually riding shoes they weren't they weren't boots per se so yeah I kind of have learned from other people's mistakes I've been hit before and I had some boots that weren't riding boots but at least they were over the ankle and my foot was jacked up but it didn't break and I learned my lesson Oops. I just learned another lesson don't mess around while you're recording Next thing on your list is going to be gloves. And I feel naked now when I ride without my gloves. I did it the other day. It really felt like I had gone to school with no clothes on. It was just the weirdest sensation ever. A lot of people will wear these leather gloves with no armor on them. I guess anything's fine. I've, I fell down with some just padded leather gloves on before. And I skid a little bit and my hands were okay. So I don't think you need full race gear to enjoy a ride. There's also weather considerations, riding in inclement weather. It doesn't often get cold here in SoCal, and I rode last New Year's up the Angeles Crest, and I have to say, when I got to the destination point, I had to slide my hands sideways off the grips and blow into them just to heat them up enough to open them. And I just had my regular riding gloves on. I have some thick, insulated, like, gauntlet-style gloves. And if I were wearing those, I don't think I would have had a problem. But the temperature was roughly 33 degrees. It was stupid of me to be riding without thinking ahead and that my hands physically hurt. Get gloves. They're great. The last piece of gear is a helmet. Now, who needs a helmet? Fuck it, just I wear my trucker hat everywhere. I don't even wear a helmet. Sometimes I just wear a bucket on my head or a colander if I'm trying to go for like the comedic effect. And really, as helmets are concerned, if you've got like a five dollar brain, just get a five dollar helmet. You can find all the riding gear you need on Craigslist. If you need tutorials, there's plenty of them out there online. A lot of them will show you how to duct tape a bucket to your head. If you're around here where I live. You can look at other riders. Oh no, you can do that anywhere. Don't look at other riders too much. They might think it's creepy. Hey, don't look at other riders too much because you'll encourage them. So looking around here, I can see that you need a chrome German army helmet. You need a Motley Crue t-shirt with the sleeves cut off and you need giant ape hangers on your obscenely loud, shitty looking Harley. Oh, there's also a lot of guys that have cuts on. So apparently there's a lot of motorcycle gangs up here. Yes, I'm talking to you, LA County. So, if you are going to go at GAT and there is gear that you 're going to purchase, make sure you get gear that corresponds to the type of riding you 're going to be doing, the type of environment you 're going to be in, and really, I mean, you ride a motorcycle you 're a dirt bag you really probably don 't need that much gear anyway, right So, how about that atgat segment? Nothing like a little at gat talk to put you right to sleep i don 't know if you could hear it there, but I actually was falling asleep and part of that I recorded some of it really late at night and Let's never talk about that again. That was a stupid subject to bring up, especially in a first episode. Now I can never get that one back. But listen, I, I kind of wanted to segue in. I was going to make like some funny hipster fashion statements because the next thing I want to bring up is brown seats. And I was going to kind of use my little at-gat fashion statement to segue into the hipster trend on every single bike now. It's the brown seat. So if you need a brown seat because you've got some embarrassing GI problems, hey, you're in luck because you can't find a bike without a brown seat anymore. You go on the interwebs, you look at every custom bike, go to any custom bike show, I swear you will not find a bike without a brown seat. Look for here, for instance, the Ducati Scrambler, geared right toward the hipster market. And... What? Ducati? You don't have a brown seat? What do? you... Oh, oh, The urban enduro and classic models do have a brown seat. Thank God, Ducati, you saved it. What's this? The Yamaha Scrambler does not have a brown seat? Oh my God, Yamaha, your sales are going to tank. You're never going to reach your target market. Hey, at least the model on the bike, he's got brown leather boots. That counts. Plus, he's got the requisite amount of facial hair and tattoos. Wow. Wow. You really saved it, Yamaha. You almost threw it away. You almost wadded it up right in the corner. Even the Yamaha Bolt, the C-spec, comes with the brown seat, a brown accessory OE seat, and I believe that the Bolt R-spec and standard Bolt do as well. So concurrent with this brown seat theme, I've noticed an extravagant amount of facial hair and flannel and... I don't know what they are what they would be called, for lack of a better term, uh, your everyman boot and glove. Uh, they've made it into mainstream marketing. I remember a few years ago, I'm going to say I first noticed it five years ago at the motor show, when I saw the first dad, the guy had facial hair, and I believe it was actually the Harley Iron 883. And they started the whole skinny jean, Wearing your Converse with your wallet chain and your open face helmet, and then Bolt followed shortly thereafter. And I thought, man, you used to see guys in lots of leather. And now you're seeing dudes in like denim and flannel, and the facial hair just like you know, you could tell it just ratcheted up. When when a trend like that makes it to mainstream marketing, you've know you've jumped the shark. And I just thought, man now all we need is an asshole with like a waxed two-piece mustache and a bowler derby that looks like he just stepped out of a steam-powered giraffe show i mean that's you're you're gonna go too far when the guy has his little dog in a bag over his shoulder you're you've gone way hipster at least right now it's like something i think we can all agree is manageable and acceptable but A few years ago, you wouldn't see facial hair in motorcycle ads. You wouldn't see leather gloves like Poncherello wore in chips, and you sure as hell wouldn't see brown seats. I like to look at ads now. I really like to look at custom bikes online. I just like to count the things. It's almost like playing bingo or when you were kids and you would look through Highlights magazine and spot the things in this picture. You know, you got to look for a wallet chain. You got to look for Converse or Vans or, you know, an athletic shoe or a skate shoe instead of a boot. You got to look for blonde gloves like John and Chips. I'm sorry I said Ponch earlier, but I meant John. Yeah, you gotta look for the requisite amount of facial hair. The girls, mm, they gotta maybe have a bikini top on now, and open face helmet. I mean, you gotta see the facial hair and the cool aviator glasses. You ain't gonna see that shit with no closed faced helmet. And you also might need to have a few tattoos showing, and like maybe a neck scarf—not a ascot, but like a handkerchief tied around your neck—and you know. Look go back about six years and look at the motorcycle ads and then look at one today and compare them and you play this bingo you you can do the thing like I'm saying where you look at one picture and you look at the next one and you pick out the differences. Another thing I like to do is go on bike xif and just see uh, how many brown seats I can count. I tried to make it a drinking game with my buddies but I eventually just started missing work because I was just so intoxicated almost every hour of the day, and, you know, my liver really... I had to quit playing that game. I I couldn't take it. At first it was just a physical thing, then it became a mental thing. I couldn't take it either way. All right, I've been beat over the head with so much flannel and brown seat talk that I'm ready to move on to the next subject, which I really probably should have had a lot more (laughs) material ready for this brown seat thing. They're so ubiquitous... It's almost like seeing handlebars on a bike or a headlight. You just see a brown seat. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm going to talk to a retailer, try to do some development this year for riding gear that actually has tattoos in it, like impregnated into the riding gear. And your helmet... They have that cool shark helmet that's got. It's not. It doesn't do anything. But there's like this face mask that goes down, and it makes you look like Bane from whatever movie Bane's from. And I think I might, you know, I have. I used to like these Momo Cafe style helmets that they had back when open face wasn't cool. And yeah, they just they looked real vintage, kind of like a Davida sort of helmet and they what they need is like one of these face things that these shark helmets have but it needs to be a beard so even if you're a lady you could be a proper hipster And you can you know you can get it could snap on and off and it could be different colors and different lengths you know you might want to look like an old raggedy you might want to look like gandalf riding you know gandalf kind of has to wear open face helmet you know what i'm saying like You can't wear a closed face helmet if you're Gandalf. Your wizard hat won't fit, and your beard won't fit. You just look dumb. I bet Gandalf has a gray seat on his bike, by the way. I bet he does not have a brown seat. He either has a gray seat, or he has one made of dragon skin. Like, you know people, you know those guys that have the alligator skin seats. And if you look in an old Harley... Hang on, let me explain this. I do Harleys at my work, and... I have to look through the parts and accessories catalogs every year. And not so much now anymore, but uh, just a few years ago, before the facial hair and flannel thing came in, uh, stitching and textures on seats was a real big deal. And you can get like alligator skin, rattlesnake skin, ostrich skin. You can get all these skin patterns on your seat. And I bet Gandalf has red dragon skin seat or something ridiculous like that. And I bet now you actually, yeah, come to think of it, you can get brown seats in the Harley P&A catalog. You can get brown Springer seats, and I think you can get brown Solo seats. Oh, Harley, way to step it up, bro. You know who needs to make a scrambler with the brown seat is Harley. Now that they have the Street 750, oh, man, like a sweet 750 scrambler to compete with all the other scramblers I forget how heavy the 750 is, but, you know, you take off a few pieces, put on some dirt tires. You could make it manageable for dirt. There's nothing like slamming around the dirt and a huge piece of shit that weighs like 600 pounds is not made for the dirt. But I think as we saw at X Games Austin, they can modify those things, throw a brown seed on them. Dude, you're talking wango tango bango, man. Basically, you're going to create a new market that your Iron 883 isn't reaching I mean that's like the cool custom bobber brat style crowd throw some high pipes and a brown seat on your street 750 ooh boy you got yourself like a new whole new market dog also there's um this company called BMW and they don't have a scrambler they have an extremely overpriced vehicle called the R9T that you can turn into a brown seated scrambler seems like BMW is the bane of a hipster because i think hipsters are supposed to be bohemian and bmw man they airlift you out new a new tool roll if you get oil on yours and that doesn't seem very hipstery yet Roland sands and el solitario oh man they banged out some brown seated scramblers cobbled from the r9ts and i'm gonna tell you what they look pretty sweet but that's a lot of beard wax and surfboard resin I'm just saying, hipsters, stay away from the R9T. Alright, I don't know how this got away from me talking, turned into like a hipster conversation, but I guess hipsters and brown seats go hand in hand. And I think if you went to the Born Free show, you might have seen a brown seated bike there, I'm just saying. So I think I'm going to make it official, I'm going to call it a wrap on the brown seat thing. I thought I was done with brown seats about 10 minutes ago, but apparently I wasn't. And I am now. I think it also has to do with, you know, the guy who likes something is the one that's gonna make fun of it. I'm such an ass. <laughs> Alright, I wanna get on to the next final subject of Dillagaff, but I love these weenie in the butt like sound effects. Three, two, one, You're launching with creative writing! <laughs> Well, that last one was my own doing, and I have to say it was pretty damn good. But I am totally inequality because I gaff, which brings me to the next segment called Diligaff. <laughs> All right, enough of those Diligaff. All right, I had to stop recording to stop laughing because I started to talk about Dilligaff, which is one of the most ridiculous fucking things you've ever heard of. It stands for, does it look like I give a fuck, Dilligaff. And you can see it on Biker's Patches as far back as, oh, jeez, I don't know, the 1980s, 1970s. Uh, I used to live down the street from some Hell's Angels, and I think some of them had it on it. My old man has it tattooed on his balls. And... It's a hardcore one percenter thing, Dilligaff. Because to be honest, if you're a biker and you don't gaff, I edited out to say you're hyphy. Because saying you're retarded might come off as offensive to retarded people. And so yeah, Dilligaff. I think I read we- a article that West Siler might have written, and write a part many years ago about <laughs> bikers gaffing because. It was comical to see that patch on so many bikers and that attitude. And, yeah, hey, listen, if you're one of those guys that, like, doesn't care what people think of motorcycling and the motorcycling community, well, good on you. But you know what? Like, those guys that yanked that guy out of the car in New York a couple of years ago, I, I think we can safely say that those guys did not look like they give a fuck because they didn't give a fuck. And that's not the image that I want people to see when I'm riding down the street. You know, you're doing your rad ride of the century where you're, like, ditching cops and riding backwards and being a total dickwad, and I don't know. It's, like, people like that that make regular Joe Cager not like motorcyclists. And the fact that you can split lanes in California, I see people doing it at, like, 80 miles an hour, you know traffic might be doing eighty and they'll be splitting lanes, so they're obviously going like between ninety and a hundred and I don't know that's not not that I'm you know not against being a hooligan once in a while or being a total rule follower. I just think that if you did a gaff and didn't not dill a gaff, I just think that people would view motorcycling as a whole differently. I go a lot of racing events, and I go to a lot of cl- group rides and club rides, and I have to say that that's not how people are. People are friendly, a lot of people have families, a lot of people have other causes that they use motorcycling to support. There are charities like MotoFam that actually work hard to get dollars for people that have been hit by cars and are injured while riding, and they don't have proper insurance, or maybe they don't have, you know, very good insurance. And I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to actually, when you're participating in this lifestyle and in this community, there's lots of reasons to give a fuck. And one of the reasons I bring this up at all, because it's kind of a silly thing. I mean, it's not like this saying is propagates, you know, through the lifestyle. However, I've seen a line of clothing recently, called Gaff. I don't know if it's targeted specifically toward motorcyclists, but that's even worse. If you're a society that doesn't care about anything or other people, like what the hell, what's the, what's the worth in that? I mean, it was kind of generated in the, in the circle of, you know, old school bikers that didn't want other people messing with them or getting in their business. And, you know, they really probably felt that way about some things But when you go around and you market something like that now and you make like a brand out of it, it's just ridiculous to me. And it's kind of a reflection of the shitty society that we live in where everyone feels entitled. Nobody gives a fuck about anything but themselves anymore. And you can see it and it just pisses me off. It's just shitty that they take an old cheeky biker saying and try to make it a meme for society. It's like almost a anti motivational poster <laughs> i don't know what the fuck i'm saying diligaff dude diligaff yeah i remember what i was thinking it's just i don't like how it's a trend to act like that's cool to not care about anything it's the guys who just act real shitty in public and do stupid stuff on your motorcycle and or if you're just hanging out while near your motorcycle and project that image because now everyone's going to think you're a total fuckwad and every motorcyclist that they see, they're going to think is just like you. I remember riding with my wife in the car down to San Diego once and this dude on a Harley splitting lanes... And there's a guy in a BMW and he was kind of crowding the lane, but he didn't see the guy on the bike. And the guy on the bike comes by and like wags his finger indignantly, slaps the guy's mirror so that it's flipped out. And I was just thinking, man, like that BMW was crowding that lane. What a pisser. And then I thought, no, dude, that guy on the bike could have made it by. He's a dick for doing that. And now the guy is just going to be like every single asshole that comes up next to me on a bike is going to hit my mirror. And I don't know, there's two ways to look at it. Either he's going to learn to get out of the people's way because he doesn't want some entitled asshole coming and slapping his mirror, or he's going to go, Hey, there's another jerk. I'm going to crowd the lane so he can't get by me and you can't slap my mirror. I don't know. This is turning into another preach fest, but it's true. And if you don't care about the people that you are riding or driving next to and riding next to, at least care about the people in your community. If you see a biker on the side of the road, stop and help him out, whether you're on your sport bike and he's on his Victory Vision or his you know, Honda NM4, which I don't know. I don't even know if I'd stop to help a guy on an NM4. But also think about these guys. Think about, like, is a car going to want to stop and help a guy if... All they've known is that bad experiences happen when they're around people on motorcycles and all you dudes that stunt on the freeway. I haven't seen it in quite a long time, but like I got two kids and I drive around in the car with them. Long story short, my airplane got taken away. So it's the car from now on. Anyway. Yeah, dude, I don't want one of you guys cartwheeling on the freeway in front of me. And then like, I have to swerve and I go you know, wad my car up with my kids in it because I was trying to avoid some guy just fooling around at speed. So please, man, gaff, don't a gaff. I wish I could remember where I saw that article. It was either ride apart or hell for leather, something like that. But that that article, I think it was t- entitled deal a Gaff" or something like that. It was it was a good article. It said everything that I should have said here but i'm too idiotic to say so thank you weenie on the butt <laughs> okay i'm going to go ahead and call this the preachy episode since i was really preachy in the beginning with the at gap bit kind of got preachy in the middle there with the brown seat stuff i mean i like brown seats i was just sort of kidding i was being a little i was being a little brown turd is what i was doing and then the diligaff thing really didn't hold much water i got real preachy there i apologize i am not a preacher and i was trying to do my sunday best and i failed horribly so i'd like to move on and kind of wrap things up here a couple event updates i might have mentioned at the beginning of the show the hell on wheels halloween hill climb is coming up november 1st at Glen helen the i5 Bike Fest is coming up October 24th, which is this coming weekend that I'm recording this, and the Kern County Raceway. AIM just closed right the basically the weekend I'm recording this too. Am I recording this in two separate weekends? I think I figured out I, one of the theories of relativity that Einstein couldn't figure out. So yeah, the AIM aim just closed this weekend. Coming up this next weekend is what I meant. The I-5 Bike Fest in Kern County. Halloween Hill Climb. Shortly thereafter, I'll be going to the Long Beach IMS show and the Super Prestigio in Las Vegas. I'm going to get a dog. Well, everybody, I hope you've enjoyed the first episode of Creative Writing. If you made it this far, if you made it through all 37 or 38 minutes, you have passed the test. This truly was just me getting all the technical difficulties out of the way, getting a handle on recording, just ranting like an idiot, because let's face it, I kind of am. So... Our next show, will have a guest. We're going to have a lot better production value. Probably not all the weenie in the butt drops. Anyway, don't even bother listening to this episode. I guess if you hear this message, it's too late. But uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Creative Writing would like to remind listeners that the opinions expressed in this show are of Thurston Fairbanks and Thurston Fairbanks only. We would like to apologize to the following victory vision. We don't think you're an ugly motorhome on wheels. Pikes Peak Hill Climb. It's the race to the clouds, not the race for the clouds. We'd like to apologize to Sturgis, Rusty Butcher, anyone who owns a Yamaha R3, anyone who owns a Harley, a Ducati, any Yamaha in general, Davida helmets, Momo helmets. We'd like to apologize to Gandalf. We'd like to apologize to the Street 750, the X Games events, Roland Sands, El Solitario, The Born Free Show, Weenie in the Butt, which is a reference to The Family Guy. We'd like to apologize to the Hells Angels, Wes Seiler, Anyone With a Family, Moto Fam, Helping Families of Bikers, Dilligaff Clothing Company, Right apart and hell for leather. Thank you. This has been a creative writing podcast. See you next time, dude. What is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. 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 I'll get all those. Take a drink of water, you dummy. Oh, this microphone is like right in my mouth. It's getting. Oh, it's gross. Hey, can you hear that? That's like some weird talking. Can you hear that talking? Hello, hello. That just my- okay, note to self Make more original music You blew through that fast Had to use lots of iTunes drops And too much weenie in the butt stuff Alright, I guess I should edit this stuff out